sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. We are here every day, noon to 2 Eastern. Over on SportsGrid.com, you can learn more about us, our 24-hour programming station starting January the 7th. You can also hear us on Sirius XM, Channel 204. Looking forward to making that venture with you come true. Craig Mish, Joe Pizapia. Follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizapia17. Follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Joe and I have plenty to get to this hour, so we'll get right to it and get to our headlines here on the show. Our top story is Drew Brees is returning and he's going to make his uh, return to the Saints on Sunday to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe has a very nice little story that he built for all you guys. You can buy it over on Amazon. It comes with the black book. It's a, it's a nice, it's a nice non, it's a nice fiction story about why he's coming why back and how he's coming story? back. Why is he, he it a talked to Drew Brees? Story? He called him. He spoke to him. He said he's coming back because no. he only has a few games no. left and he wants to come back and play the Chiefs. I mean, I, I can't make this stuff up. Go buy his black book on Amazon. It comes with it at the end of the book. It's a nice little epilogue to, uh, to the story. Uh, Conference USA, the MAC and Pac-12 championship football games are tonight. It is definitely a different year, but I'll be tuned in for sure to see how they end up doing. It's a Brett Levy holiday tonight. as 39 games in college basketball this evening, including a couple that I'm sure we both like. NBA preseason is getting ready to wrap up. The season starts early next week, so we'll be in on some NBA discussion next week for sure. And unfortunately, Coastal Carolina's game against Louisiana has been postponed due to COVID. Now, I know we're talking about canceled here, but there is some discussion that they may end up playing this game in a bowl game, which is actually a fantastic idea. They could just play it in a bowl game instead of playing it now. Uh, So they'd have a couple more weeks, I think, to get ready for that. But that's where we'll start here on the show today. Also, we were talking a few minutes ago, if you're still joining us or you're listening, you're watching our playlist on YouTube about what Derrick Henry's current odds are to win the MVP here on December the 18th. Joe, I believe you looked it up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. It says 60 to 1. Is that accurate? Is that correct? It, does. it is. It is. Plus okay. 6,000 is 60 to 1 ahead of him, just in case you're trying to get a gauge. So we've got Derrick Henry at 60. Russell Wilson's all the way at 55. I mean, boy, talk, talk about a, what a difference six weeks makes. Josh Allen is at uh, plus 3,300. Then Aaron Rodgers is right. plus 155. And Patrick Mahomes is minus 210. That's where we stand right gotcha. now. Yeah, and, and and so my my thought on that is as follows. I know this is a, this is a good lesson. I I know that there's temptation there because of what you're saying. Look, if Derrick Henry rushes for 200 yards this week, 200 yards the next week, 200 yards the the week after that, Russell Wilson loses a few games. Let's also keep in mind Aaron Rodgers has got to lose a few games before now in the end of the season. See, for bets like that that are 60 to one, if we're having this conversation a month ago, there's still a lot of time where things can change. And so the notion of and, and what and what potentially is interesting is this. Yes, if Derrick Henry rushes for 200 yards this week, there's certainly a chance he goes from 60 to 1 to 40 to 1. But then he's going to go from 40 to 1 to 20 to 1. And Joe, even going into the last week of the season, he's still going to be 10 or 15 to 1. He's going to need to rush for like 300 yards that final week. So uh, those, those kind of bets, are, I feel like midway through a season or even five weeks ago, mm-hmm. you still have enough room to climb that ladder. There just, there just really isn't enough time for him to climb no, up and get there. And, and obviously they're not making those lines to lose money. They're making those lines <laughs> to make money. So yeah, uh, while absolutely. I do agree with the sentiment, and you make a good case, if, look, if Derrick Henry 
not 2,000 yards, not the MVP. But uh, as we welcome in our radio audience, if if Henry rushes for 600 yards in the final three games, I believe he's got a chance to be the runner-up for the MVP. But I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to win um, the award. I, I just I, I don't here's, see it. I, I wish I wish this was right. I wish he hadn't had that one game a couple weeks ago where he did zero because that really mm-hmm. would have squashed anything for me. Well, look, he he needs 470 yards to hit 2,000. This coming he's gonna week, get it. He gets, I think he's going to get Detroit. it. Well, here's the thing: he gets Detroit. He gives up 132 on average. The last week of the season, he plays the Houston Texans, who gave up 150 on average. And week 17, week 17 Texans. You know who he plays in between, don't you? He plays the Green Bay Packers. Craig, you want to build a little drama here? What if? Aaron, going to write another story. Get ready. Get get it out there. Here you go. This is going to be the second epilogue. It's going to be amazing. What if? Derrick Henry and the Titans run all over Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Does that all of a sudden give people a little pause and go, look at this Derrick Henry. And they say, look at this run. He's had 200 yards. Maybe let's just say, let's just say 150, 100 and a couple scores against the Packers who are also giving up 110 on average to opposing running backs. And then another huge day with the Texans. And this team rolls into the playoffs as who knows a three seed potentially, which is not out of the realm of possibility still for the Titans. I don't know. I mean, it's great. It's probably going to be a quarterback. It usually is a quarterback. But Mahomes hasn't played his best football. Aaron Rodgers has been very good this year. I don't want to take anything away from Aaron Rodgers. It's starting to feel like he is certainly in that head-to-head with Mahomes. And it's a media award. It usually goes to quarterbacks. But the last time I went to a running back was when a running back ran for 2,000 yards. How does a guy run for 2,000 yards and not even get in the dance of this conversation? And you're right. You're right. I wish this happened a couple of weeks ago when we were a little closer to it. It would be a different number. You're absolutely right. All the logic in the world. I'm just having a little fun with a little conversation. I think it's – I I know I, next week's going to be there's, fun. There's nothing wrong with that. Look, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago when we had the same discussion and your suggestion was Kyler Murray when he was at the very top of his game and he was 30-1 to mm-hmm. one or whatever he was, that 25. was worth the discussion. 25, well, and whatever why? Because he, well, part of it was because he played back-to-back weeks against Josh Allen, who was ahead of him, and Russell Wilson was ahead of him. He beat Josh Allen, and those odds went from 25 to 10. And then, obviously, we all know what happened the next week. They lost. Right, right. That, that, that had nothing to do with it. That had nothing to do with it. What, it. what it had to do with is that he had eight weeks to win the MVP. This dude has two weeks to win the MVP, and he's 60 to one. That's the point. It's not that it's not that he beat those two teams. He could have beat those two and then lost five games in a row. He still wouldn't have won. We'll be right back with Jim Sanis. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And we're back getting into the holiday season with our friend Jim Sanis. You can follow Jim on Twitter, at Jim Sanis, of course, giving out some unbelievable DFS advice all season long here on our show on Fantasy Sports Today. And, Jim, happy holidays to you. It is great to see you and great to dive into this late on Sunday. Happy holidays to you, too, Craig. I appreciate that. And it's a nice little gift to have the Chiefs back in the main slate for a second consecutive week. So I can't be... I can't complain too much. We got some good mid-range running backs, too. So a jolly good spirit here for week 15. 
Yeah, hopefully so. I'm now officially out of all of my season-long leagues. I got Derrick Henry last week, like a lot of people <laughs> did. And uh, I had an okay year in fantasy, not a great year, but I'm willing to chalk it up. And now all in on DFS this week. I'm definitely back in action this week on a couple of the tournaments, that's for sure. So let's dive right into it, and let's take a look at the quarterback position. And we start off with Patrick Mahomes at 8,900, taking on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Russell Wilson is at 8,400 with Seattle at Washington. Lamar Jackson's back on top here at 8,200 after that wonderful game he had on Monday night. Deshaun Watson is at 8,100 against that good Colts defense. Kyler Murray against Philadelphia, 8,000. Brady on the road at Atlanta, 7,900. Jared Goff against the Juicy Jets, 7,800. And then Ryan Tannehill taking on Detroit, who Detroit has played much better, but uh, their price is 7,800. So some decent choices here, I I feel like. uh, And and honestly, Jim, with the way that Lamar Jackson played last week, it's like, wow, that temptation over over seeing him play reminds me a little bit of what was going on last year where he was the number one price quarterback. But who are you liking this week? Yeah, I think for me, it revolves around the best games on the slate, the games with the highest totals. That means Patrick Mahomes against the Saints. Tough matchup for sure, but doesn't matter with them like they're they're good no matter what so Mahomes definitely in play that Eagles Cardinals game is pretty interesting pretty high total there not the largest spread Kyler Murray ran 13 times last week and the previous three games combined he had run 15 times so seems like he's getting healthier with that shoulder so I have a good amount of confidence in Kyler Murray being a good play once again I think that he's pretty solid at $8,000 also Tom Brady facing the Falcons it did not work out for me last week I had Tom Brady there once again and didn't go well, but the Falcons defense ranked 23rd against the pass this year based on number fires metrics. Just the second time since Antonio Brown joined this team that Brady has faced a bottom half pass defense. So I think those are the three main guys for me, Mahomes, Murray, and Brady. You could consider Jalen Hurts at $6,800. I'm, I'm not opposed to that. Or $6,900 Jalen Hurts. You could consider, you know, Lamar Jackson. You mentioned Deshaun Watson, I think, is in play too. But for me, it starts at the top with Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Tom Brady trying to take advantage of those high-scoring games. Yeah, and you almost can't lose with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, even with the worst week that he could have had possible last week, still ends up throwing a bunch of touchdowns, threw some picks as well. Tyree Kill, also a good call. I wish I built my lineup better beyond that. It was just really ugly. Yeah. Tried to get too cute, I think, last week is what I did in DFS. So this week, I'm not going to get cute. I'm just going to go with the studs. Speaking of which, let's take a look at the running back position. And boy, this is a high price to have to pay for Derrick Henry this week. 10200 against the Detroit defense, which is 32nd in the NFL. Hmm. <laughs> Dalvin Cook at 9400 for Minnesota against Chicago. Alvin Kamara, 7800 New Orleans against KC. Carson checks in at 7600 against that tough Washington defense. Jonathan Taylor, coming off a great game, faces off with Houston. Montgomery of the Bears has had some nice weeks back-to-back at 7300 And then we'll stop at 7,000 with James Robinson due to some other issues around the NFL at running back. It seems like those are the highest priced players. I mean, Derrick Henry going against the worst D in the NFL. I mean, can you talk me out of that one, Jim? I'd rather not talk you out of it personally. I'll let someone else do that for you. But if you want to, you know, wipe away those season log pains, just use Derrick Henry and DFS and try to benefit (laughs) there. So nice little hedge for you specifically, Craig, uh, to try to get over last week. But Henry's the number one running back on the board. Dalvin Cook is number two by a pretty wide margin. Against the Bears defense, it's very good. But I like that game, the way the game sets up. So I think that Dalvin Cook easily number two. 
Number three for me is Cam Akers. He is $6,700. He is facing the Jets. So really good matchup. Obviously, they're good against the rush, but it's more about the number of points you expect the Rams to score more so than the matchup itself. That bodes well for Akers, who had a really good role the past two weeks. So I think that Cam Akers is number three for me after considering salary at running back on Sunday. Right behind him, Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery. D- Jonathan Taylor, another guy who's had a role change recently. He's seen his snap rate go up in his past three games he's played. He's getting a lot of yardage so you kind of you know it validates the increased role the Colts have given him and it makes you think that that role is more likely to stick because of how well he has played as far as Montgomery goes he's in a tight game against Dalvin Cook and the Vikings we want tight games at running backs they can get targets deep in the game Montgomery will probably get that he also has a better red zone role than Jonathan Taylor so I kind of think that that's a really rock solid top five at running back you go with Henry and Cook at the top end you dip down for Cam Akers then pick one between Jonathan Taylor and David Montgomery for your third running back. All really good options. I am fully on board with all five of those guys. And then there's some others like Alvin Kamara, Miles Sanders. We could talk about those guys, Jeff Wilson, J.K. Dobbins. It's a good week to just load up on running backs, but those five guys are the ones I want to lock in first. Yep, and I'll be setting my lineup right after we're done here, getting ready for the Sunday slate for sure. Okay, let's check out wide receivers this week, and we have only one receiver above 9,000. It's Tyree Kill of the Kansas City Chiefs. He checks in at 9,300, DeAndre Hopkins, 8,600 against Philadelphia. Calvin Ridley, that one-man show at this point, 8,400 Atlanta against Tampa Bay. A.J. Brown's been a star in fantasy. And Detroit, again, if you thought they played bad run defense, you don't want to look at their pass defense. It's not much better either. 8,300 for A.J. Brown. Metcalf's at 82 this week. We have Jefferson checking in at 7,300. Uh, excuse me, 7,600 for Jefferson, and then Adam Thielen on his same team at 7,500 there. So some good names, but I feel like there's probably some value somewhere else this week, maybe a, a dip down to a player or two. Yeah, I think that there are. Obviously, if you can get to Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, you want to get there for sure. But Mike Evans, I think, is undersalaried at $7,100. A lot of high leverage work for Mike Evans. Last week, the Bucks ran like 49 plays. So you can kind of toss that game out. But in the games since Antonio Brown joined that team, Mike Evans averaging 2.4 deep targets per game. He's basically been their goal line back as well. So Mike Evans, $7,100 really makes a lot of sense. If you want to save some salary wide receiver, which you'll have to if you want to get to Derrick Henry and Patrick. Mahomes. I do think that Kiki Cutie is back in play once again this week. $5,900 facing the Colts, and we saw him do well against the Colts in this game two weeks ago. Nine targets there, four deep targets, so Cutie back on the map once again. Christian Kirk at $5,300. Kyler has not gone to him very much recently because of that shoulder injury, but pretty good game. The Eagles secondary, super banged up. Don't mind Kirk one more time, and then keep an eye on the Dolphins situation with Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant, because if one of those guys sits Lynn Bowden. I think it makes a lot of sense to go back to him once again this week at $5,000. Nine total targets in week 14. Three of those targets were at least 16 yards downfield, and he's earned the trust from Tua Tungavailoa with how well he has played. So I think that Lynn Bowden at $5,000, someone you can go to to save a lot of salary. I prefer him if, if just one of Parker or Jakeem Grant plays, but I do think that Bowden is at least in play even if both those guys are out there as well. Yeah, and, and you never know. I mean, New England's a very sharp team, but Bowden has at least lined up to throw two different passes yeah. <laughs> when they hiked at the ball last week, too. So you never know. You may get a touchdown pass out of that. Uh, by the way, before we go, just real quick, is it as simple and easy as just fading the Jets in terms of defenses now with what happened last week with Seattle? And, I mean, is it just you have to play the Rams on defense this week? I, I mean, I, I suppose that's just like, 
a little it's probably more right. complicated than within the time that we have left to discuss but i feel like if i'm playing dfs this week and i don't take the rams i'm doing myself a, a huge disservice yeah i mean you're always gonna have a really good floor i think that uh, you can go elsewhere because i really just want to spend down at defense uh, i think that teams like um the titans work this week if chase daniel plays they're not a good defense but they work for fantasy because right. chase daniel's not matthew stafford i also think that uh, you can look at some other teams the vikings are facing mitchell trubisky that could work out as well despite the fact that i do like some bearish players I think that those teams at $4,000 or lower do make a lot of sense because they should do well enough. If you have the salary to get to a team facing the Jets, by all means, you should do so because obviously they'll grade out really well. But if I don't have the salary, and I usually don't because I spend so much at running back, I'm trying to find teams below $4,000 that it can at least be good enough because defense it is relatively hard to predict compared to spots like running back. Over at numberfire.com, you can catch Jim, all his great information on DFS each week. Follow him on Twitter, at Jim Sanis. Jim, I wish you all the best. Have a great weekend. I know the holidays are here, so certainly hope you'll really enjoy that with your family. And we'll, we'll check in next week as we close out, getting ready to close out the regular season of the NFL here in DFS. Thanks again for coming on. Have a great weekend. Yeah, the playoffs are going to be fun, Craig. So I'm looking forward to the end of the regular season and uh, seeing how those play out with seven teams in each conference should be a blast. So we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Jim Sanis. Follow him on Twitter, at Jim Sanis. We'll take a break. Our picks in the Super Contest with Howard Bender are coming up next. Stay on the grid. Don't go away. Game time to... SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. The Westgate Super Contest lines are up for the week, and boy, does it present some challenges. We have two games on Saturday, not to mention a Monday night football game. Howard Bender joins me each and every week here on the show. We have an entry into the Super Contest. We're having a good year. It could have been great had we gone 5-0 and or 4-1 and or even 3-2 and last week, but we got burned on a backdoor by the Miami Dolphins, which put our record... Last week, one game below 500. We are still well above 500 for the season, but we have the the rush to the title now because it's week 15 in the NFL. So Howard and I need to go four and one or five and zero. Oh. Yeah, might ask why. It does get easier week 16 and 17. Players start sitting, and because these lines lock on Wednesday, there's going to be some free wins given out. But Howard, we need to earn some wins this week. We definitely do need to earn some wins. We might get a couple of free ones, but yeah, the problem with doing that right now is that everybody's going to try and jump on free wins as much as possible. If we're going to want to make our move into, uh, into the cash line there, we might have to go with a few contrarian picks, which might not be so popular, but it's what you got to do to win that money. Yeah, I mean, if you go back and look at our, our track record, we've had uh, two good years back to back, but we've crushed week 16 and 17. But <laughs> most people do, too, because by the time the line come out, things change so, so much. People going four and one or five and oh in the last week of the season. Again, these lines lock on Wednesday before we give them to you here on Sports Grid on Friday. So let's get right to it. First, let's touch on the two Saturday games and decide if we're going to be in on these. Honestly, we have to make that decision today. 
Packers and Panthers. Packers laying eight and a half at home. Of course, Carolina was one of our picks last week. They did not come through against Denver. Green Bay backers did not get their cover from them last week either, as Detroit ended up covering that game. Detroit's actually played well last two weeks. Buffalo, by the way, they are on the road in Denver. That is the uh, earlier game, by the way. They kind of flipped these games around here. And and the Bills are six and a half point favorites on the road at Denver. Howard, the dynamic here is as follows. If we make the picks right now and we take Denver, who I think we both agree we both kind of like, it forces us into taking the rest of the picks for the weekend. Is it worth it for us to do that? I honestly don't think it is. We we're getting a lot of reports coming in, whether it's Ronald Jones with COVID in Tampa, whether it's the receivers for Baltimore who are also now uh, dealing with COVID and contact tracing. You know, a lot can turn on a dime here. When we're talking about uh, news that could come out on Saturday while these games are going on, uh, could change the landscape of, of what happened a couple of weeks ago. That's exactly what happened on Saturday when we found out that, uh, um, I don't even remember who it was at this point, but there it was, was the a, Saints. was it the Saints? Yeah, it was like a last minute. Oh, that's right. It was like a last minute change at the, uh, at the position due to COVID. So, this is something that, you know, while I, I do like that Broncos pick, uh, and I'm even kind of looking at that Panthers-Packers game a little bit, um, I just don't feel like we can afford at this point to miss out on a on a potential gimme, uh, especially with news that we're waiting on for teams like Detroit uh, and and Washington even, who might end up going to Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, and, and and a few weeks ago it was Kendall Hinton who started for Denver. We got the Denver. News on that's Saturday, what it was. And and I, I texted Howard and said, "Listen, I mean, I, I I mean, we would be doing ourselves a disservice. We have to eliminate a pick of, of from somewhere, and we have to bet again. We have to go against Denver. It did end up working out, but this is one of those situations where we could, as Howard said, we go into Saturday." feeling really good about it. And then all of a sudden, one of our picks on Sunday blows up in a normal season. I'm with you. I think we'd take Denver. We would take our shot on Sunday because I'm with you. I like that pick a lot also. But it is the juice worth the squeeze on just that one pick. I don't think it is. So uh, those are our leans on the Saturday games. Let's take a look at the Sunday slate here. This is the Westgate Super Contest lines as they locked on Wednesday. We have three favorites at home. We'll start off with those three Colts, Titans and Rams. Colts are minus seven over the Houston Texans. We have the Titans now 11 point favorites over the Detroit Lions. Rams are also 17 and a half point favorites over the Jets. And then uh, our first road favorite here is Tampa Bay at the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, at at some point, Howard, it's going to be a weird week for us, given the fact that there are two games on Saturday, given the fact that there's a game on Monday night that we're not going to go to. And given the fact that the lines are so big, we're going to end up taking a favorite of some gargantuan proportions. The question is, is it the Rams? <laughs> I feel like it is. Listen, the, the Jets are the, the Jets are just a disaster. They really are. We saw Russell Wilson only throw for 209 yards, but super efficient with uh, four touchdown passes. I just don't see the Jets having any kind of offensive juice here at all. Uh, Jamison Crowder is banged up. They really don't have anybody uh, in the backfield. And that Rams, that Rams defense is no joke. It really isn't. Aaron Donald's going to be all up in Sam Darnold's grill the entire time. If we're going to, based on, on some of these big point spreads, because we've got a couple of 12 and a half, so we've got the 11 uh, with the Lions, I, I still think that this is something that we need to do. We need to start just going up against the Jets. They aren't, uh, you know, they aren't looking at any competitive games the rest of the way, except maybe week 17 against the Patriots. But even that, 
is going to be suspect. Yeah, I think at the end of the season, the Jets will probably end up covering three or four games. But still, if you just closed your eyes and bet against the Jets all season, you made a fortune. And that that could be the case again this week. Yeah, uh, Titans-Lions, we're going to wait on Stafford's availability. And that's why Saturday comes into play. I do like Houston a little bit. As I mentioned last week with a team like the Chargers, I love taking teams when they're all the way down. Texans can't be any lower than down. The only thing that did bother me is seeing the report uh, on late Thursday, I believe it was, of Romeo Cornell saying we're not considering shutting down Deshaun Watson. I didn't even know that that was even a consideration. (laughs) That made me really worried. Like, whoa, like, why is this even coming up? If that is the case, yikes. I know what happens when he comes out of that game. That's for sure. That one-man show that he is, no doubt. Bucks falcons will just pass. No opinion yet on that. Okay, now to the other games. We have the Dolphins laying two at home against the New England Patriots. We have Seattle going to Washington as five-point favorites, the Vikings-Bears showdown is this Sunday with the Vikings laying three. And the Baltimore Ravens, fresh off that crazy Monday night game, are 12-and-a-half-point favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I suppose we could start here with Seattle-Washington, where it feel, uh, it's very rare, Howard, that we'll go into a week, or at least I'll go into a week, feeling like I could take either team. It's kind of how I feel about this one. If I knew Alex Smith was playing, I'd be very interested in taking Washington because they're playing great with him. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is going to be in the NFL in two years, maybe even in a year. So I would probably go Seattle if I knew and go hard on Seattle if I knew Haskins was going to play. So that's a dicey one for me. It's a dicey one indeed. And listen, I'm I'm with you 100 percent. If Haskins is under center then I'm taking Seattle. If we receive word that Alex Smith, now Ron Rivera did just say uh, that Alex Smith could still be the starter, even if he doesn't take a single practice rep this week, which, you know, a little bit concerning, but still, you know, with the check downs and everything that we see, and also that front seven for the Washington defense, I would lean that way. Also, I would say if Smith is under center, you take the, uh, the the Washington football team. If it's Haskins, you take Seattle. For me, I'm looking the game that I'm eyeballing here is Miami against the Patriots, and and I'm doing that solely because of what we've seen Bill Belichick do to rookie quarterbacks. I get it. Miami's defense looks fantastic. Maybe they ruined Cam Newton and uh, and company a little bit throughout the day, but. You get a rookie QB who makes mental mistakes, and we've seen how you know we've seen Tua make those mistakes in a game. The Patriots D is going to capitalize on that. I think the Pats actually can win this outright, or if it does come down to a last second, I think you know Miami barely squeaks by. That's the the the. Uh, the dog I'm taking here. Yeah, I also have a feeling that this line's going to be pick them by the time uh, Sunday comes. It's just one of those strange lines when you see a one and a half or a two usually goes the other direction. I think it will in this case. All right, let's move on to some of the later games. We have the Browns taking on the Giants. That's the Sunday night football game. But on the Westgate, this is the order they have them. Browns are minus four and a half on the road. Cardinals are minus six against the Eagles. We have the Kansas City Chiefs laying three at the Saints. And then we have the 49ers here taking on the Dallas Cowboys. 49ers are minus three. Any anyone jump out at you here? Well, I mean, Browns Giants is going to be a real interesting one. Jason Garrett came down with the COVID-19, which means Freddie Kitchens is now calling the plays uh, against his former team. You also have Colt McCoy under center for the Giants because Daniel Jones isn't going to play. But Giants defense is improving. I know a lot of people are in on the Browns because of what they've done uh, and the points they've put up. But 
Man, Giants are so good at covering his dogs this year. Yeah, they are fantastic. So good. Yeah. I'm with you. I like that one. I also, uh, we, we talked about this in our previous live stream, Eagles getting six points against the Cardinals. How, 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 what business do the Cardinals have being favored of a touchdown over anyone in the NFL? Winning winning a game on a Hail Mary and then beating the Giants with basically half a quarterback last week in Daniel Jones. So I'm with you there. I like the 49ers a little bit too, uh, minus three. And then uh, let's close it out here. Monday Night Football, uh, one lone game. Let's just take a quick look at it. Steelers, Bengals. A home dog of 12 and a half points. I feel like on Monday night, we take the home dog, it loses. We take the favorite, it loses. So it'll be a pass for me on this one. Any thoughts on this real quick? Um, again, it's going to depend on Brandon Allen, who's missed practices on uh, Wednesday and Thursday already. So the question is, is does Brandon Allen play under center? If it's Finley, well, I, I think if we find out that it's Finley come Saturday, we might be uh, heading to the Steel City. Yeah, Finley has thrown his fair share of pick sixes, I would say, in the NFL for sure. Just a few. So uh, for those of you who are watching, Howard and I are actually going to make these picks live Saturday night on the Wager Alarm live stream. You can go to wageralarm.com or go over to the YouTube page of Wager Alarm or even better, go to Twitter and just follow Wager Alarm there and click on the follow button. And then you can catch our live broadcast 830 Eastern Every single Saturday night, we make the picks live on the air, all five picks. These are the leans. The picks are on Saturday. Howard, have yourself a great end of the week, and I'll catch up with you again on Saturday night. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Craig. Always a pleasure. All right. Follow Howard on Twitter at RotoBuzzGuy and over at Fantasy Alarm for the latest in fantasy football and as we transition over to fantasy baseball as well. We'll take a quick timeout right here on Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. Joe joins me next. Fantasy or reality to wrap up the show in the Sports Grid 60, so make sure you stay on the grid. We're back in just two minutes with more of the Friday edition of Fantasy Sports Today, so stay right there, and we'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Time for a little fantasy or reality as we close out the show. And I know, Joe, coming up on Sunday, Fantasy Game Day, back on the air at 8 a.m., getting you ready for what could potentially be either the move toward the championship or the end of the line. But that's pretty much what we're up against. It's do or die for everyone this weekend. Now, end of the line, unacceptable. No, we will not tolerate that kind of nonsense on game day. So we'll get you ready. 8 a.m. Eastern right here on Sports Grid. The Eric Young, the Matt Stryker, and myself. The boys will be fresh off a of pay-per-view. So we'll see uh, You know, if the juices are still flowing. We'll see if Eric Young wants to get in a fight with somebody. Usually most Sundays he does which is great. It's great television. It's great fun. Luckily, it's not with me because I don't want to get in a fight with Eric. Love Eric. Yeah. Eric, if you're listening, you're my friend. And guess what? Eric's going to be stepping in at the end of the year here on Fantasy Sports Today and spending some quality time with us while Craig Mish is hanging out on the beach somewhere in Miami sipping drinks. But if you want a little preview of what that feels like, well, check us out Sunday right here on Sports Grid, 8 a.m. Fantasy Game Day. We got your FanDuel. We got your starts, your sits. Your fantasy roundtable, everything you need to set up your Sunday to get you into the championship because this is what you've been playing for, and we're going to have you ready to go. 
looking forward to that. Our producer, Brett Levy, by the way, getting ready to uh, go on a little vacation. So, uh, you know, happy holidays, of course, to Brett. Happy New Year to Brett. Thanks for uh, for all of his hard work, of course, all season long. But everybody needs a break. And, um, you know, Brett's going to be taking a little time off from us here next week. So we'll, we'll be missing we'll him. Be but missing. certainly hope he has a good time in uh, Guam. He's going to Guam. And uh, I don't know what he's doing there, but uh, no, he'll, he's, he's having a good time somewhere here in the United States. So. <laughs> well, Fantasy I guess technically or that's kind of the United States. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I heard he's scouting a basketball player there. Or something. That would not surprise me. It, you know what? Brett's going to uh, – I hope Brett doesn't go to Europe on his honeymoon because you know he's going to drag his wife then to basketball games in the European League and stuff like that. Like wherever you go, I mean – be careful, Brett. Be careful. Don't don't end this marriage before it starts here. Choose that destination for the honeymoon very carefully. Joe has correct advice on that one. Fantasy <laughs> <laughs> or reality. Let's get to it here. Texas A&M on the outside looking in. Speaking of Brett, he said he thought that A&M should have played Ohio State. It was the only way they could get into the college football playoff. He could end up being right because with Alabama at one – it seems like everybody believes that even if Clemson beats Notre Dame coming up here, that, uh, that Clemson and Notre Dame are still going to be in the Final Four along with Ohio State. So that leaves Texas A&M on the outside looking in fantasy or reality. Texas A&M will be in the college football playoff. I think it's going to be a fantasy. I do. Uh, I think they're going to want that Ohio State in there. And, you know, if if Notre Dame is able to beat Clemson there that first time, then if that reverses, then don't you want to see that one more time or want to see those teams in it if you think they are that good? And I think heading into the season, everybody thought Clemson was once again, you know, that class right up there with Alabama. So they have that loss, but the loss is without Trevor Lawrence. So it, it's it's a very – Precarious situation. Uh, I've also seen what an expanded, I saw it yesterday, what expanded eight-team playoff would look like. There's some fascinating teams in there. I mean, that would be super fun. And I know this is like pushing the envelope here, right? Because once you do the four-team playoff, the next thing you know, everyone's going to say, well, what if we did, uh, you know, a couple rounds of playoffs? And I would love to see it. I like more football, not less. But I don't know. I kind of find it hard to believe, Craig. But you're Mr. College Football. You have a better beat on this than I do. So it was a fantasy reality. A&M somehow finds its way into the big four here. Well, it's it's a fantasy, but again, if Notre Dame was to beat Clemson again, I, I think Texas A&M should be in the playoff. I, I don't think Clemson should be in losing twice, even if it is to Notre Dame. I don't know that that would even happen. So uh, it's a fantasy. I think Clemson probably wins. They're 10-point favorites, but Notre Dame, look, they, they seem to be a, as a possibility of covering this weekend, getting those 10 points. Uh, so Alabama would finish one. Clemson would finish two. Notre Dame would finish three, and Ohio State, unless they lose to Northwestern, would finish four. And I'm on the outside looking in, unless the Gators beat Alabama, and then at which case you, you would have to put Texas A&M ahead of Florida at that point. So Texas A&M becomes the biggest Florida fans this weekend, along with me. Fantasy <laughs> for me on the first one. Okay, uh, three years ago today, the Lakers retired two numbers. They retired number eight, and they retired number 24 in honor of Kobe Bryant. Of course, Kobe Bryant passed away this past year. Uh, fantasy reality, no one else will have two numbers retired by one team. Is that fantasy or reality? Uh, no one else will. I think it's reality. Um, it's kind of weird that you you did both, I always thought. But, I mean, I, I get it. I understand why they did. 
but you don't have players usually with the same team changing jersey numbers. That typically doesn't happen. You know, the retiring of jerseys too is is you know for some organizations getting a little wacky. I mean, like the Yankees. I mean, it's a good thing Aaron Judge has ninety nine because you know they're running out of numbers. They're like crazy over in New York. Uh, and there's some organizations that retire numbers like you know it's going out of style, and then there's other ones that hardly ever do it. I mean, it's a very strange thing how some organizations always go to that and they like to have the ceremonies and retire numbers. And there's some that are very, very careful and very particular about which ones they do. And I guess that makes it more special. But I don't know. I mean, it seems like this is just more of a a strange anomaly because of the fact it was Kobe who was a transcendent player and the fact that he did change jersey numbers there. And I I mean, there's another question, too. How many players also get... Uh, to play for more than one team nowadays and will have their jersey retired by more than one team. That seems like something that's going to get more and more in that conversation as this new era of sports unfolds, because I think that is certainly a bigger conversation to have, because that feels like with free agency and trades and things that go on there, that great players are going to play in lots of different spots. I mean, I don't know, is LeBron James' number going to get retired by the Heat someday? Certainly by Cleveland. I doubt it by the Lakers, but I don't know if he wins another championship there with the Lakers, maybe they will too. They'll have a LeBron day. So I'm not going to say two numbers with one organization again. I think you will see players have more than one Jersey with different teams retired. I think that's something we're basically on the precipice of seeing more and more of in the next 10 years. Right. Well, look, Shaq's number retired, uh, but it's going to be the Lakers, the heat and the magic probably. So, you know, he will have, he will have three. He's a little bit of an anomaly playing at such a high level Mm -hmm. for three different teams, but yeah, I'll say fantasy, but we're probably missing something here. I thought about this a little bit before the show and I couldn't really come up with, with this. It almost has to be a player at this stage who plays in his career for one team the entire time comes back and then like has a second renaissance with that team it's it's almost impossible and kobe changed his number fairly early on in his nba career so it is strange weird but cool at the same time that kobe could be the only one to end up doing that uh lewis brinson by the way changed his number with miami last year joe so i mean if we do want to consider <laughs> one player we could we could use lewis brinson as an example poor lewis there. poor lewis man you know I, I look i like when players work out i'm not one of these people that loves to say oh look you know this, you know this prospect didn't work out but uh you know that's a that's an easy one that people should have seen coming unfortunately you know lewis brinson he played much not- better last year though he had a good year <sighs> Okay, if you say so, I'll I'll trust you. But I'm not saying anything uh, about next year. But I'm just saying he looked a little better. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, sometimes guys never figure it out. Some guys it takes a long time to figure it out. But you know, this is this goes back to our one conversation, right? If you have these prospects and you can get proven major league talent on your fantasy team, you make these moves because for every one of these Juan Sotos, I can give you a dozen Lewis Brinsons. And that's the one thing every year, you know, the one thing that cycles, what's the one thing that cycles fresh, young talent. There's a draft every year with all these can't miss prospects that inevitably will miss. And then there's proven major league talent that doesn't cycle every year. You know, there's guys that show up in the minor leagues that nobody saw coming every single year. Proven major league talent does not. You have to get those guys and you have to solidify those guys. And if you can get those guys and win a championship, you trade those young players and you do it. And you deal with the repercussions later. I've said my piece. Let's move on to the next one. All right. A couple of pictures yesterday were leaked on social media that I saw, at least, about the Coming to America 2, which is coming out in 2021. 
This is basically just picking up right where they left off from Coming to America 1, arguably one of the great Eddie Murphy movies of all time. And and I think that most people would agree, maybe one of the funnier movies of that Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. has ever uh, put together. So Coming to America 2 is coming out. I saw those those quick little pictures on uh, Twitter, I want to say I saw it, I think. Fantasy or reality Coming to America 2 will be must-see in 2021. They are blowing up social media right now, and uh, I got to say I'm excited about this. So it's absolutely 1,000% reality, and I know that's a huge percent, but I I mean I am so excited about this. <laughs> and it's your not, normal 100%. I mean it's a normal of my 100. I mean that's how excited I am. I literally just watched this movie two weeks ago with my kids for the first time. They'd never seen it. It was on CBS. They did like the movie of the week, which is something I grew up with. Like, oh, the movie of the week, and they were able to edit some stuff down that you could actually show it to you know a 10-year-old. And they were just laughing. I mean, just, just you know, belly laughs all across. And me too. And I know what's coming. And it, it, there's a good chance in college this movie was watched in my apartment probably twice a month for four years. I mean, I'm just saying this is how much this was out there. This is one of my favorite comedies. It's one of the great comedies of all time. There's no way the second one can live up to the first. But can it be amusing? I got to think so. Arsenio Hall, also very underrated and funny. Not only is he funny in this movie, he steals Harlem Nights. That one scene he's in in Harlem Nights, that Eddie Murphy movie, it's not a great movie. But that scene where he's screaming at Eddie Murphy for killing his brother with the guy shooting at Eddie Murphy, it's one of the funniest five minutes you'll ever see. I encourage you, if you've never seen it, go YouTube it right now. But yeah, man, this is exciting. This is must-see. We need a laugh. Nobody's making good comedies anymore. This is it. We need some Eddie Murphy in our lives. We need him to get back to being... Eddie Murphy of old. I don't need any more like 12,000 movies of Nutty Professor. I don't need that in my life. I need more Coming to Americas. I, I need, you know, and and look, normally I don't like the whole sequels do something new, but you know what? I will take this sequel. And I know he's going to play the barbershop character. I saw that, and I like that they brought back James Earl Jones, and everybody who was in it is in this one. I love that. Must see 100%. And I know what your answer is. I, if I'm at 1,000, you're at 1,001. Come on. Well... Here's what I'll say. First of all, I agree. It was a fantastic movie, one of my favorite movies ever in terms of comedy. But I would never say 100% on a movie. And there's and here and I've made this clear on previous shows. If this movie comes out, Joe, and you, by the way, are not seeing it on the first day. If I know anything about well, you, you are not a you're first wrong. day You're wrong. I saw yet. Borat on the first day. Wrong. I saw Borat on the first day. I need okay, laughs, so. my friend. It's what, harder for me to happened? get into the drama. So here's the here's the issue for me, mm-hmm. is yeah. if by some crazy miracle this movie turns out to be like Anchorman 2 or something like that, and everyone says it's absolutely horrible, I will not watch it. I won't. If, if everyone says it's terrible and the worst, I won't. Now, I would say that as long as it gives me, I get like a mediocre review, it is must-see. But I can't say reality here until I get a review, because it, honestly... Um, Zoolander 2 was one of the worst movies I ever saw. And I said to myself, and I didn't want to read a review. I didn't want to hear anything about it. And I saw it and I said, you know something? I wasted my time going to this movie. I probably should have just at least peeked on social media to see what they said about it. So I'm going to say fantasy for me. It's not must-see. This is on Prime. You don't have to leave your house. I understand that. Why would I want to waste two hours? Why would I want to waste? If the movie is horrible, why would I want to waste two hours on it? Period. I understand. Well, because I don't trust everybody all the time with their senses of humor and people. And and also the measuring stick of measuring the first movie to the second one. Now, look, Anchorman, second one, nowhere near as funny as the first. There's a couple funny moments. 
a couple oh, funny God. moments in that movie. I did not see Zoolander too. Yeah, I did not actually see them. But the first see one Zoolander I did enjoy. Um, yeah, many times. Many times. Yeah, I Zool- like Zoolander one. Right. And and you didn't even bother see it. Why didn't you see Zoolander 2? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I wanted horrible. to, but enough, enough people told me it was horrible. Yeah, but you know what? Coming to America is special for me, so I'm gonna see it no matter what. Okay. Someone to get we'll right someone back. to share. To be loved. To be loved. What a feeling! SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today here with you here on SportsGrid. Friday, December the 18th, a week away from the Christmas holiday, I know, for a lot of you. For us, this Friday means... The end of the show. So let's turn it over to Joe as he caps off our week with his Sports Grid 60 at 1,000% sure that he's going to do it. Joe? 1,000! That's right, baby. Well, John Gruden had the wrong hat on last night, but uh, got to start to worry about what hat he's going to be wearing next year because they started off when he took over this team 4-12. and 12. Okay, you're rebuilding. Last year was 7-7, seven and seven, but it was a disappointing 7-7, seven and seven, not because they improved, but because... Look, they had a chance at the playoffs. Everything fell apart at the end. And now, with a few games left, just two, he is standing at seven and seven again with that record. So is he going to be nine and seven, eight and eight, or seven and nine? I think a lot of that finish is going to inform a lot of the offseason for the Las Vegas, not Oakland Raiders. Now, the next two weeks are probably going to have Marcus Mariota playing quarterback if groin injuries are indeed as serious as we think they are. And what's going to happen then? What if Mariota plays really well? Does that make Gruden start to rethink Carr? Because we all know they've been looking for an excuse to make a change, and they just haven't found that excuse. Will Mariota be that excuse? I don't know. You don't know. But it's going to be fascinating to watch the last two weeks of the Oakland, oh, wait, Las Vegas Raiders and see what hat John Gruden's going to be wearing this offseason. Well, certainly 2020 has had its challenges in sports, but for Coastal Carolina, something has got to give. This team decided they would play an extra game in the college football season and ended up beating BYU, essentially ending their season. And the best that Coastal Carolina can do is end up postponing their game this weekend when they could have won a conference championship, their first ever against Louisiana Lafayette. College football needs to step in and do the right thing by Coastal Carolina, whether it's letting them play Lafayette in a bowl game for a championship or against a decent opponent, how many teams would put themselves out there and play a top 10 team in college football? Coastal Carolina did. Kudos to them. That'll do it for our show today. Thank you, of course, to our friends at LTN, Brett, Danny, and Ryan. For my co-host, Joe Pizapia, I'm Craig Mish, wishing you a great weekend and, of course, a very happy holiday season. Don't forget, Joe and I are back here all next week, Monday through Thursday, from noon to 2 Eastern. Have a great weekend, everybody. See ya.